Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on assignment, but he joins us in spirit. And of course, we continue to work remotely here in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, where along with most counties in Pennsylvania, we're under a stay-at-home order due to the coronavirus pandemic. And that pandemic has placed thousands of doctors and healthcare professionals in unthinkable positions as critically needed ventilators, protective gear, and hospital beds are in short supply. And as we navigate this crisis, a number of concerns are emerging about who will and who won't receive medical care. To help us understand this issue from a Catholic perspective, I recently spoke with Stephen Boza. Boza is the director of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia's Office for Life and Family. He is a professor of bioethics at the Catholic Distance University and a doctoral candidate at Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum in Rome. At the start of our discussion, Boza stressed that the ventilator crisis is just one of several medical ethics issues in play during the coronavirus pandemic. The ventilator issue is closely related to two other issues that I am very concerned about. One is the do not resuscitate orders, which is known as a DNR, and the other one is on triage. Triage is a standard operating procedure that hospitals and clinics use in times of emergency. It means that in a case like we have now in the city of Philadelphia or the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania or wherever, governments and hospital facilities have only X amount of resources, whether it be human, medical, or financial resources. And the legitimate way to use triage is to say, we have 10 patients here that need to be treated. Patient A may have the disease to such an extent that with or without treatment, they may not be able to survive. Patient B has a very good chance of surviving. So triage protocol would say, well, let's give these limited resources to patient B first. Get that person well enough to leave the hospital. And if there are any other resources left, we'll go to the most needy, which would be patient A. And at that point, you know, we'll do the best we can to save them. But if we're not going to be able to save him in normal triage circumstances, then we would use those resources much more wisely to deal with the persons who can be treated. This is not done based on any other realities except the medical reality that this person finds himself in. It's not based on age. It's not based on other medical issues that are not life-threatening. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on the condition that this person finds himself when he is there. But Boza said that during the coronavirus pandemic, some physicians are misapplying this principle. And what I'm finding, especially in Italy and in some other places, they're really using triage in a way that's illegitimate. The way that it's illegitimate is that we are going to specify who gets this material. And this would be dealing with age, would be dealing with family circumstances, with all other sociodynamic realities that this person is encountering. 
Another problem, said Boza, is that many patients and their families misunderstand what a do not resuscitate order, or DNR, actually means. Now, in terms of the DNR, that's supposed to be used solely for cardiopulmonary resuscitation. People need to understand that a DNR is not something that you say, well, I don't want any antibiotics. Some hospital systems are already using these level DNR1, DNR2, DNR3. Lord knows where they got that information. That's an illegitimate use of using a DNR. A DNR is specifically cardiopulmonary resuscitation. It does not mean that you don't give a person antibiotics. It does not mean that you don't give a person other type of care or treatment outside of what is normal or necessary. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. It means that if you go into a facility for heart issues and you wind up with a heart attack or something that's causing you to stop your heart, well, then you get the paddles. You get everything that they can do to bring you back to life. Now, are they always warranted? Well, maybe yes and maybe no. Sometimes the paddles will break bones and sometimes the other things that they do could be very harmful. And you have to look at the benefits and the burdens. Do you really want an 80-year-old person whose heart is stopped to be resuscitated by using the paddles and break the bones in the process and she'd be worse off than she was before she got to the hospital. No, you don't want to do that. But that's not the government's place. That's the family's place. It's not the hospital's place. It's the family's place. And I have to be extremely firm on that. The hospitals cannot make that decision for you. Bottom line, plain and simple. Given all that, Seniors and other vulnerable populations stand to be denied adequate care during a crisis such as the coronavirus. If there are three patients and two ventilators, that person, that elderly person that you're describing, will not get the ventilator. Now, it very may well be that the person will not survive, and that's legitimate. But it also could be that that person will survive if given the proper care. And so now they're making a judgment call based on the sociodynamic of that person and not the health dynamic of that person, which is illegitimate. And I heard today on a newscast that the state of Jersey is putting a panel together that can set criteria as to who gets what. That is very, very frightening. It's nothing but healthcare rationing. Boza said that in such cases, expedience can end up taking precedence over the value of human life. It's all utilitarian. What is going to give the greatest amount of happiness to the greatest amount of people? And this is what they're doing. And in doing so, they lose sight of the common good, which demands that all persons are afforded the proper medical care that they need, not those that are the strongest and the mightiest. And we can't go down that path. Unfortunately, I fear that we're going down that path. The understanding of ventilators should not be based on what your social dynamic is. It should be based on what your medical condition is. Boza pointed out that the ventilator crisis will shift in scope over the coming weeks. In a week or two, we should have the thousands upon thousands of ventilators being distributed to the various states, which they can use to avert that crisis. So we have to weather the storm in terms of ventilators. We have to weather the storm for another couple of weeks, and then everybody will have the amount of ventilators that they need.
At the same time, the models of how the coronavirus will play out can vary among countries where medical protocols can be quite different, Boza said. So it's important to make accurate comparisons. The models are coming from other areas, from China, from Italy, from Spain and all those. And the question I would have to ask, are they using the same protocols as we are using now in the U.S.? If the answer is yes, then those models become very accurate for us. If the answer is no, that our protocols are better, then those protocols and models lack. So you can't make a blanket statement, yes or no. You have to look at the realities of what we're doing as a nation as opposed to what they're doing as nations. And then take a look at it and say, yes, they're accurate or no, they're not accurate. In times of crisis, medical decisions need to be based on something more lasting than the immediate situation, Boza said. You have to determine those things through objective realities. And you also have to look at, if we're talking from a Catholic perspective, what does Catholic social teaching say about this? Every human life has worth and dignity. That's the very, very first principle of Catholic social teaching, that the value and dignity of every human person is first and primary. The common good, which is a subset of Catholic social teaching, tells us that it's the sum total social conditions which allow all persons in a society to flourish. Not just some, but all of them. So if we want to look at this from a Catholic perspective, we have to look at this whole question of rationing and triage and the abuse of the DNR principle in light of what Catholic social teaching and the common good tells us. And they tell a whole different story. Boza said that Catholic social teaching doesn't ignore the very real challenges faced by medical professionals working under crisis conditions. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to be stupid either. That means that we have to use our common sense and our reason to say patient A is not going to survive regardless of what medicine we pump them up with or what ventilators we use on this person. This person's not going to survive. Okay, that's a legitimate use of withdrawal of care that says, okay, I only have this amount of resources. I might as well use them to a person who in fact will have a good, reasonable hope of benefit from this material or from this financial material, not because he belongs to any certain demographic group. That's an abomination. Charles Camosi, an ethicist over at Fordham University, has said the exact same thing over and over and over again. You can't use social dynamics to allocate resources. It's simply immoral. Boza said that Catholics would do well to learn more about church teaching in these critical areas and to let officials know where they stand. To be aware of what is involved, I think the best way to do it would be to tap into the resources that the National Catholic Bioethics Center has online that you could use. That would educate people. But the most important thing that I think the Catholic population should and ought to do is to storm the federal government, the task force that the president has put together and the president and vice president themselves, storm them with emails and with letters, imploring them to set federal guidelines as to what triage actually is, and also to, in doing that, address the issue of do not resuscitate wounds. If we have a groundswell of people storming the federal authorities with the emails and the letters, rest assured they will take that into consideration. Rest assured. Because you can't have a patchwork 
of governors doing what they want to do in this regard. Because at that point, the common good of the U.S. is violated because New Jersey would do X, New York will do Y, California will do Z, and Montana will do whatever they want to do. And so you can't have that patchwork. You can't. You need federal guidelines in this to say specifically what can be done and what cannot be done. The problem is these next three or four weeks when we have a situation of crisis and now we have you know, healthcare facilities that legitimately have to allocate their resources wisely and you don't want the facility to make those choices for you. And that's why it's important that the CDC has stringent guidelines as to what in fact constitutes legitimate use of triage and what does not. The Archdiocese of Philadelphia has resources to help families facing challenging medical decisions, said Boza. In the Archdiocese, we were able to train and certify through Catholic Distance University 21 deacons who know these things. And I know, I worked with them. I was the one who helped them with this. And I could tell you, the deacons that have been trained know their stuff. And I think it's extremely important that anybody who hears this podcast could speak to Deacon Jim O'Neill, who heads up the Bioethics Committee, or speak to me. And we will get them the help that they need, either through personal consult or through a parish. But they could call one of those deacons any time, and they will give them a good consult. You've been listening to bioethicist Stephen Boza, director of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia's Office for Life and Family. He was our guest on this episode of InsideCatholicPhilly.com, and he's just shared with us some vital concerns about the proper application of medical ethics during the coronavirus pandemic. You can learn more about Boza's work and contact him through the Office for Life and Families website at phillycatholiclife.org. As we continue to navigate our way through the coronavirus pandemic, please know that our thoughts and prayers are with all of you. For the latest information about responses to the coronavirus here in the Philadelphia Archdiocese and for spiritual resources such as live-streamed masses and retreats, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.